0: And why don't you grab your Bible with me, please? I feel the witness of the Spirit of the Lord today. Um, many of you have heard me make the statement before that i don't I don't do series. you know I, I know sometimes it's a popular thing to teach series or whatever. Um, I guess I would if I knew that far ahead, usually. I just don't always know that far ahead. But what happens is the Lord will lead me in something in the word. And as if you've been around any length of time, you've noticed I'll sort of get stuck in a vein sometimes. And uh, at the, after the fact, I'm like, man, that would have been a good series. And so I don't know. But I, it's, I just feel like it's sort of where the Lord gets us and keeps us there. And, uh, you know, over the last several weeks, we've talked about some element of love. In some way, probably more than the last few weeks, but specifically the last couple of weeks we talked about moving from duty to love. Some of you may remember that or went back and saw that going from a place of duty to love. And uh, I think it was last Sunday we talked about moving from fear to love a little bit. Um, and the Lord began dealing with me again this morning um, And so, go with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 2. Revelation, chapter 2. We'll start there in verse number 1. Revelation 2 and verse 1. Your Bible probably has this in red, if you have a red-letter Bible. It is the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to the church. Verse 1, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. We're not going to break all this down today, but just know he that holds the stars in his right hand and walks in the midst of the candlesticks is the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. You would know that from reading the first chapter of Revelation, okay? The seven golden candlesticks, you would know from reading that they are the seven churches, all right? And so, the Lord God is walking in the midst of the seven churches, and to the church at Ephesus, this is what He says, verse 2. I know your works, behold, and your labor, and your patience, and how you cannot bear them which are evil. Now, these are all good things, aren't it? Isn't it? These are good things. This is. I want you to notice this verse right here. Look at this with me. The Lord said, I know your work, so you're working. I know your labor. I see the effort of the work that you're doing. I know it. And I I see your patience. You're enduring in it, right? Because the work of the Lord isn't always instantaneous in its result. But you've got patience and you continue. And I I know how you can't bear them which are evil. You're not compromising. You recognize, he's not talking about them being people, he's talking about spiritual things that we war against, right? "I, I know this about you, he says. And I know that you've tried them which say they are apostles and are not. And has found them liars. He's recognizing this is the church that they put a difference between truth and error. Okay? This is good, isn't it? This is what the Lord knows about the church at Ephesus. Watch verse 3. And you have borne, and you have patience, and for my name's sake you have labored. And you have not fainted. Isn't that beautiful? What... A testimony of the Lord Jesus about the church at Ephesus. This is a beautiful thing. I believe that this is true of so many of us in this room. I really do. I believe that we have worked, and the Lord knows our work and our labor and our patience. He knows that we hate that which is evil, that we want truth, and that He knows that we've borne the burden of the gospel in some areas and in our lives and in ministry. He knows this about us. He knows we've done it for His sake, not for our glory. He knows these things. You believe that? He knows these things. You haven't fainted. You're still here. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm still here. I'm still here. Amen? All right. Now watch verse 4. The Lord Jesus says, nevertheless. Now, see, he started with saying, this is what I know about you. Then he said, now, nevertheless, I, I, I have somewhat against you. Because. You've left your first love. Isn't that an interesting statement, considering everything that he just said about this church? Now notice, he doesn't say you stopped working for me. He doesn't say you stopped hating evil. He doesn't say you compromised the doctrine. He says, the issue I have, he says, I have somewhat against you. You've left your first love. Verse 5, remember therefore from which you are fallen and repent and do the first works. Now it gets pretty serious. Or else I will come to you quickly and will remove your candlestick out of his place, except you repent. What, What is the candlestick? Church. The seven golden candlesticks represented the seven churches. And Jesus said, Here's what I know about you, Ephesus. You've labored, you've had patience, you hate that which is evil. You've tried those things that are truth or error, and you've rejected that which is error. I know the patient, I know the things you've done for my name's sake. I'm not denying any of that, but what I want to talk to you about a little bit, Ephesus. Is you've you've left your first love. And this is so important to me, to the Lord, that I have to tell you that if you don't repent of that, I will remove your candlestick from its place. Why? Because you can only labor so long, and if love is not the motivator. You'll just become, you'll go back to duty. And I need you in my kingdom because of the love you have for me and the love I have for you. I believe the Lord would like to talk to us today about this topic. I don't always have titles, but I do today. This is the title, The Battle for Your Love. The Battle for Your Love. Would you pray with me one more time and ask God to talk with us the way he wants to from his word and that we could receive what he would declare. Jesus, I need you. I can do nothing without you. I can do nothing without you. I need your word. I pray that your anointing would be upon these lips of clay. I pray your anointing upon all of our ears to hear and to receive what you would say. I pray there be a clear flow of your spirit. I do not want to be a filter. I want to be empty, a conduit. So there's no hindrance to what you would say. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, speak to our hearts and lives according to your will. In Jesus' name, I pray. Everybody said amen. You know there's a battle for your love. I don't know if you knew that or not. I, I, I'm a parent, as you know. I have three kids, as you know. And it's interesting to watch kids, isn't it, when you have more than one? Compete, or maybe I should have called it the competition for your love. Compete for your affection. You ever watch that or you ever witness that as a parent? What are they doing? You ever, you ever seen this? Hey, daddy, look. And then the other one, daddy, daddy, look. And then, hey, daddy, look. Hey, mommy, look. Oh, mommy, look at me. What are, they, what are they doing? I'll tell you what they're doing. They're competing for your love and your affection and your attention, right? We, all, we can relate to that if we've been a parent. We don't look at our kids and go, stop that. And it sort of feels pretty good, doesn't it? Like, oh, that's wonderful. They want my attention. They want my, right? But this is a part of human nature. But we must understand it is also a part of the spirit world that would compete and battle for our love. Jesus said of this church at Ephesus that by all descriptors that we read in verse 2 and 3 is a solid church. Would you agree? They're a hard-working church. They're a church with patience. They're a church with truth. You could have kept reading in verse number 6. He said, this is one of the things you have. You hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Nicolaitans, if you study that out, they were people who had a form of godliness but denied the power thereof. They had compromised truth. And Jesus said, you hate that and so do I. So that these were things that describe. This was a good church. He was call, he didn't say, but I gotta tell you, you failed miserably. No, 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 that's not what he said. He said, I I, I gotta tell you, I've got somewhat against you. There's a little bit of he was the love of God was talking to the church at Ephesus and said, Hey, I, I need to make sure you understand where I'm at. Some have left your first love. What happened? What happened? I've been married 31 and a half years almost. I guess 31 years in a month. That's not a half a year. 31 years in a month. My wife says I always exaggerate time. I'm trying to be more accurate, especially when I'm preaching the word. All right. 31 years and a month. Okay. And three days. And so. Um, I love my wife now more than I've ever loved her in my life. That's a true statement. Some of you heard me say this. When we got married, I did not love her. Now, I thought I did. You understand. I thought I loved her. But I understand from the word of God that love is not selfish. That love doesn't seek its own. Well, when I got married, let me tell you. It was quite selfish. I had ideas about Man, if I have a wife, then this and that and this and th- I'm not saying like do this for me, do that for me. This you understand? I, I just had ideas about how it would benefit me. Is that too real? Anybody that ever got married, if you're honest, you too. And no doubt she had the same thoughts and some, not the same as mine, but hey, this would I would like this because right? And so, but we have what happened over 31 years and a month, right, and three days is. We have grown into love. Now, I have, I have heard stories. Brother Jerry was sharing with me a story the other day of someone that him and I both know that I've known for much longer than he has. And this is a couple that he let me know they're no longer together. I'm like, man, they've been together for a year. Four kids, I think, four or five kids. Just, I'm... I, had meals with him, spent time with him. I know. And I was like, man, what? I'm thinking, what in the world took place? He said, you know, it was just expressed to the man. She said, you know, I just don't love you. I just don't love you anymore. What happened? Oh, I'll tell you what happened. They were going through the routines of marriage. They were going through the routines of being together. They were going through the routines of raising kids. They were going through the routines of jobs and money and a house and taking care. But somewhere along the way, they neglected one another. They neglected each other. They were busy about their life together. They had a house together. They took care of the lawn. They had the family. I'm not talking about this couple specifically, because right, I, I don't know every little detail, but took care of the house together, had a car, went on vacations together, did all these things, but somewhere along the way they stopped investing in one another. And they fell out of love. Now that's in the natural. Do you not think for a moment that it isn't possible that you and I can get so busy doing the things of God, serving God, Doing the work of the kingdom of God, pouring ourselves into it. Anger management every week, Sunday school twice every week, right? Praise and worship, singing and and doing this and leading that and visiting this couple and having coffee with this person. And I'm talking about all the things we do for the kingdom of God and teaching. And I get so busy doing that all of a sudden I neglect Him. Oh, it can happen. We find Martha in the kitchen working. She's baking a meal. She's getting ready to have a meal for Jesus. And Mary is in the living room. I I don't know if they have a living room. Just work with me here. Right? Wherever Mary is, she's in the other room or apart from Martha where Martha's working, working, working. And and I thank God we have a church full of workers. You guys are workers, workers. You're like, what can I do? How can I help? I want to work. Thank God. Don't lose that spirit and that attitude of service. I want to serve. And so, but Mary's in the other room and she's at the feet of Jesus. And Martha's getting bothered about all this. And Martha speaks up and says, Hey, Jesus, don't you care That I'm in here doing all this to serve you. And and Mary is. And Jesus responds to Martha and says, Martha, Martha. I I really I just hear Jesus saying that in his own Martha, Martha. He was, you know, he was all man and he was all God. I, I believe there was a tone there that spoke of how. Amazed he was at her question and shocked he was by her ignorance of the fact of what Mary was involved in. Martha, Martha. He wasn't being sarcastic or cynical. I don't believe that was in his nature to do so because of his or he had crucified that part of human nature. He was being genuine and he was probably grieving. Martha, Martha. Martha. You are cumbered, you're weighted down with much serving. But Mary hath chosen the good part and it will not be taken from her. What did she choose? She chose relationship and time with him whom she loved before serving him. Hear me today, we must serve the living God. We must. We, we have work to do. You know this. We know this. You're involved in it. We're engaged in it. We have work to do every day. Time is short. We've got to work. we got to work while it's day because the night's coming that no man can work. But work and service is no substitute for love and relationship. I can't get the one ahead of the other. I've got to have my priority in proper alignment. This is why I must have a prayer closet every day. What is the prayer closet? The prayer closet is me spending time with my love. Read the book of Song of Solomon. It's all about the relationship. It's relationship. One verse, and I'm probably misquoting it, but you go read it and you'll get. Ready. He says, "I came to the door, brother Berglund. talked to us about. it. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open, I'll come in and sup with him." That's relationship. That's love born out of relationship. In the Song of Solomon, he says, "I came to the door and I knocked, but." They did not answer, they did not respond. And, and so the lady says, "I arose at once, finally, I rose, and I went to the door, and when I went to the door and opened, my love had departed. The evidence of his presence was there because the handle of the lock still dripped with the oil, and I smelt the fragrance of his presence, but he had departed because I was slow in responding to the beckoning of my love. Read it in the Song of Solomon. Jesus is declaring to the church at Ephesus, I've got somewhat, now please hear me this morning. I'm not telling you you've stopped loving the Lord. I'm not telling any of us that. I just feel such a gentle nudge and reaching of the Lord saying, hey, hey, make sure. That you understand there are things competing for your love. There are things battling for your love. And I am a jealous God. And I'll not share my glory with another. And I certainly will not share my bride with another. It's interesting scripture to me. How does this happen? I'll tell you how it happens. 2 Timothy 4 and 10. Paul declared, he said this statement to Timothy. He said, Demas hath forsaken me. What? Demas was Paul's brother. Demas was Paul's fellow servant. Demas worked with Paul in the call of ministry. And Paul said, Demas hath forsaken me. Why? Why did he forsaken me? Because he loved this present world. There was a battle for Demas' love. Paul was reaching to the things of the Spirit. Paul was reaching to the things of God. Paul was responding to the beckoning and the call of God on his life. And Demas wanted to. Demas loved God. I believe that. But Demas also loved this present world. It was a battle for Demas' love. You ever felt caught like that? Ah, ah, ah. What, what, Demas, just like all of us, was caught in the middle. Man, there's a pull to ministry. The call to what God would have me engage my time, effort, energy, sacrifice in. And the pull of... the. Demas gave in to his love of the present world. It was a battle. It doesn't say he left the church. It doesn't say he gave up on the doctrine. It doesn't say he stopped loving truth. It just says he loved this present world. And as a result, he forsook his brother. What happened? There was a battle for Demas' love. And this present world... Now, I see Demas' name show up elsewhere in Scripture, so I don't believe that this present world won forever. You understand. But he got pulled in. It can happen to any of us because there's a battle for our love, our affection. It's interesting. He probably did what he said he'd never do. I can imagine Paul talking with Demas saying, Demas, are you with me? And Demas said, man, I'm with you, Paul. I believe in the ministry God's given you. I believe in my place with you. I believe God's doing a work with us. I'm committed. I'm with you. And then something's pulling on Demas over here. I don't know what it sounded like. Maybe his wife said. This chariot's about to break down, and it's not going to last much longer. You need to put in more hours so we can get a nicer chariot. I don't know if they own a chariot. I don't. You understand? Humor me. I, I, I don't know, right? It would have been real life. Demas, when are we going to upgrade this house we've got? I mean, good grief! Look at the mud and look at the roof we got three kids now we need to upgrade come on demas let's look i mean look over there look i mean look at what so and so has look at what so and so has look at what so and so and demas started getting drawn by this present world nothing wrong with a newer chariot or a nicer house you understand it was just, he was just getting drawn by this i'm just talking about real life and demas forsook paul having loved this present world now it's an interesting statement that follows that Paul said, and is departed see that's what happens it's 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 a slow journey sometimes. what happened? How is it that someone could be in the body of Christ and it seems like man they're doing great, they're doing well everything, but then you look and like man, they missed here and oh no, but they're and then they miss again and and you see them less and less and then they just you don't see that that grieves my heart what happened i'll tell you exactly what happened they lost their first love this present world began to pull this present world became enticing it was a battle for their love and they didn't even realize it oh i i can give a little bit of myself to this world i i can manage it i can No, you can't. This is what Jesus was addressing to the church in Ephesus. I got somewhat against you. You've left. He saw something there that they had already made a shift. But it was subtle because they were still laboring. They were still working. They still hated evil. They still hated false doctrine. We must purpose to pursue daily relationship with God. Daily, especially in this hour when we have to work more than ever because of the limited time that we have left. We can't substitute for relationship with God. It's interesting, the word loved there, you think, well, what does that mean? He loved this present world. Is that like filio? Is that like, what does that mean? No, it's actually agapeo, the same word as agape. But it's interesting about that word there. It literally says, He began having, if you read it in this literal translation, Demas hath forsaken me, having began to welcome and to entertain and to be fond of this present world. He opened a door to some things like. Brother Berglund talked about the other night. He opened a door to some things. Let me just entertain this world a little bit. You know, I sort of like this in the world. I I, I, I just want to welcome this part of the world into my home. And little by little, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. The Lord Jesus knew this, and so he warned the church at Ephesus. I've got somewhat against you. You've left your first love. What do you need to do? Repent. Turn back. Turn back. And then he says, what's going to happen? If you hear, you'll overcome. The word departed there, when it says he departed, it's interesting. It's to pursue the journey on which one has entered. Right. Here's the subtle deception when you and I begin to leave. Our, I, I know those of us sitting in the room this morning, we're like, man, I'm never walking away from the Lord. I'm, I'm, and, and I hold to that. I believe that I would declare that with you. But it doesn't start by walking away from church and walking away. It's when I open the door to and I leave my first love. I promise you that couple that I told you about. I promise you they never said they were going to go their separate ways if you would have asked them five years ago. But they stopped investing in the love of one another. What ha- that's what happens. And so we must invest in our relationship with God every single day to depart is to pursue the journey on what happened Demas entered into something in the present world and he began to pursue it and when he did he departed from that which he you can't pursue things in this world and hold to the things of God I understand we got jobs to do I, I get all that There's an old song. I know that surprises you that I think of an old song. There's an old song we used to sing. I think it was on page two. Um, The song said, this world is not my home. You might know that song. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, dear Lord, what will I do? The angels, they beckon me from heaven's open door. I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Those were the verses. The Course said, oh, I want to... See him, look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Care's all past, I'm home at last, ever to rejoice. This world is not my home. This world is not my home. Demas, having loved this present world, departed. I'm telling you, there's got to be a refreshing day by day, a renewing day by day in relationship with God because there is a competition, a battle for the love of every child of God. And I'll either come to love the world or I'll stay in love with Christ. I must be in relationship daily so that I protect Preserve and deepen my love for God. It's what will save us. Galatians 5 and tel- 24 tells us that they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and its lusts. Do you catch that? They that are Christ, who you belong to. Who you belong to affects your actions. They that are Christ, they that belong to Jesus Christ, have crucified the flesh with the flesh's affections and lusts. They've closed some doors. They've closed some doors. Things that I have a love for, I have to recognize. Hold on a minute. That love for that is affecting my love for God What does that look like sometimes? Sometimes it's just competing for time. I got hobbies like every one of you. I have to recognize when that hobby is beginning to compete for my time and robbing me of my first love. I got a job just like every one of you. My job's not like yours, but I have a job like you have a job. I have to recognize when my job is competing for my relationship with God and adversely affecting it, and I have to put it back in proper order. That doesn't mean there aren't days, of course. It's like, man, i got to put in extra with the job today. I just know it. But I can't do that and then just go, well, you know what? If I do it, I've got to make sure I get back in a place so that I don't lose the relationship with God and let it wane. It has to be the my first love. My first love. It's interesting that word affections, they've crucified the flesh with the affections. That word affections is the inward state. And passions of a man. The inwards. What are you passionate about? Really, what are you passionate about? I'll give you an example. This might, many of you know this, some of you don't. You know what I'm passionate about? One of the things, obviously I'm passionate about things, but I'm talking about hobbies and things in this world that we become passionate about. And we all have those things. I'm passionate about miles and points. That's sort of fun to me. I know you're thinking, what? Oh, it's just a hobby for me. I I, I enjoy, like, I have to be careful because my passion can begin to steal my time, my energy, my focus, and what it's doing is it's affecting my first love. You know, before I got married, I played basketball a lot. Like all the like pretty much every Sunday and when I'd get off work lots of times or if I wasn't working, I would I would go down, we didn't go to a gym, I would go to the park. And back then they had a park where you could put money in and turn on the lights, so the lights would be on at night. Some of you remember that on tennis courts and stuff. You, well, of course we learned how to override it, so we never used quarters. But we, we God's forgiven me. So, um, but we would, I would, I would go and I'd turn on the lights and I would just, I'd spend hours there just playing basketball. Or we'd always seek to hook up with guys and play basketball. But you know, when I got married, I realized, man, I probably can't play basketball as much as I used to play basketball anymore. Can you imagine? Hey, babe, I'm getting off work. No, I'm not coming home. I'm going to meet the guys and play ball. Oh, no, I'll get myself something to eat. I'll see you later. I, you know, this is why many marriages fail, you know. People get married, but they still live their separate life. And if I'm not careful, and if you're not careful... I can get baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and then I think I can live my separate life, my church life and my life with God and my own life, and it doesn't work. There is no deepening of relationship. I learned i got to give up basketball. Not completely. It wasn't sin. Sin, you give up completely with God, right? But I had to learn, no, my time is now redirected because my affections have changed. So I've given up some of my affections for the kingdom of God, in this case, for my marriage. We understand that in the natural. This is true in the spiritual. Some people say, man, I don't want to start living for God. You can't do this. You can't do that. Well, that's not true. You know, if you live for God, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. You don't have to be weighted down with this. You can be free from this. You can be free from this. You're not in bondage to this. You're not in bondage. Man, it's the greatest thing in the world, living for him and being in relationship with him. But what they're really saying is. Hey, I've got some things in this world that I love. And if I live for God, I'm giving up some of my love of this present world. Yes, you are. But I'm telling you, the trade-off is like nothing else. Jesus was speaking to the church at Ephesus. And he said, hey, make sure, make sure, return to your first love. 1 John 2, 15. Many of you can quote this says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Four, verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all. Everybody see that word, all. Can you go back to verse 15 for a minute? Notice, I want you to notice that first line. Love not the world, neither what? the things that's pretty clear isn't it you may say i don't love the world but man i sure love some things there's a reason the spirit of the lord inspired john to write it this way love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him go to verse 16 for That's verse, oh, where do we go? Thank you. For all that is in the world, all, everybody say all. How much? Remember Demas, why he forsook Paul? He loved this present world. All that is in the world, the lusts of the flesh or the desires of the flesh, Remember in Galatians, said, I've crucified the flesh and its affections and its lusts. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Notice verse 17. And the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God abides forever. Why would I not preserve my first love? That causes abiding forever. He that does the will of God abides forever. Sometimes we walk away from our first love, not because we didn't love. But because we were lured by other affections and other desires. And over time, we didn't even realize. And so the Lord, in his infinite love, reaches to the church at Ephesus to remind them I've got somewhat against you. I don't know what he saw. The scripture doesn't tell us specifically, but he saw and he witnessed something in the church at Ephesus that said, Hey, Get it back in right order. Get it back in right place. Make sure it's still all about him. Amen. Hurry here. Watch 1 John 4 19. John said we love him because he first loved us. I don't know who loved each other first. I don't know if my wife loved me first or I loved her first. She probably loved me first. I don't know. Maybe I might have loved her first. I told her I loved her first. I remember that was a huge, huge, that didn't happen on the first date, I promise you. That didn't happen on the 10th date. That was, it took a while. Those were difficult words for me to say and express. I wanted to make sure I meant it when I said it. And uh, so I said it. She she's the only girl I ever dated that I told I love you. Taking notes, young people? Just because some boy, I'm saying that because there's a lot of girls in this room, just because some boy says he loves you, that's probably worth what he paid to say it. They're just words. And so, but I knew I. I knew, I'd I'd prayed about this. I'd labored over this. And I knew when those words came out of my mouth, I meant it. But see, with Jesus, we know He loves us because He expressed Himself. It was not just words. It was a true expression. He commended His love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so we love Him, not because we're good, but we love Him because we recognize, man, He loved me. And so... How is it that people fall out of love with God? We forget where he brought us from. I, I wrote these things down here. I did not and cannot remit my own sins. Anybody in here think you washed your own sins away? Anybody in here believing that you're free from sin because of something you've done? Anybody here think you've saved yourself or you can save yourself? Of course not. I did not and cannot save my soul. I did not and cannot purchase the anointing of God on my life. I did not and cannot do that which is good in my own efforts. I try to do that, which I ought to, and I can't do it, Paul said. And I'm in the same boat he's in. So what is it? I recognize I'm able to do all of these things. I'm able to profess that he loved me. That's the real. I'm able to, I'm free from sin. Not because of anything I've done, but because he loved me. And so there's something in me that says I love him because he first loved me. He saved me from my sin. He cleansed me from my sin. He called me by my name. He brought me out of darkness. He did all this for me. He showed his love for me. And therefore, I'm pursuing relationship with him again and again and again and again. I purpose to love him. Would you stand with me this morning, Please. There really is a battle for the love of God in your life and the love of your time, your energy, your effort. You know, there are things that can be really important to people. And then they come into relationship with God. They're washed in his blood, filled with his spirit. And those things that were so very important to them before. Doesn't mean they don't matter anymore necessarily. But it's like. It's not as important to me anymore. It's just not as important to me anymore. There are. I know of men. More than one. I know of men who are deeply, deeply talented and gifted athletically, whether it be basketball or baseball. I, I'll give you a name. Some of you know how many of you have heard of the name Derek Jeter? He was a he's retired now. He's a Hall of Fame baseball player that played shortstop for the New York Yankees. I know of a man that played baseball with Derek Jeter. At a pro level, and was expressed to be as good as him. I realize a lot of that can change as they move on in career, but and he walked away because God got a hold of his heart and he was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he was like, Something's consuming me more than baseball. I know a man that pitched for the St. Louis Cardinals. That God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He walked away from it all. What happened? The love changed. And that which he had given himself to so much of. And loved so much. And gave his life to. Practice, effort, energy, time, investment. Promoting it. Promoting it. Speaking about it. doing it. Whatever. You understand. Investment. When God got a hold of his life, his love changed. Am I telling you baseball was wrong? Of course not. But what happened? His love changed. His cause changed. His focus of his life changed. Anybody ever had a new baby? Raise your hand if you ever had a new baby we go back there like right. right you meet somebody Hey man I'll show you the picture of my new kid. Look at him. right you ever met a grandparent with a new baby? Oh my goodness look oh, oh, oh. What in the world's going on? I'll tell you what's going on love a new love, a fresh love. Let me tell you, Oh, let me show you my. You know, I, I had three kids. My second and third were sort of sorry because they weren't the firstborn. Right. I'm not sorry for you understand. Like you go look, we got like 50 million pictures of the firstborn. It's what happens. Right. Sorry, Melanie. You know, yeah. Right. right? It's what happens as a as a parent, like that first, oh my God! You, you take fifty million pictures, and the second one, you're just trying to keep up with them both. By the third one, you're just trying to keep your sanity, and you're like, "Man, what happened? We didn't take all. How come we have all these pictures of number one, but number two and number three? What happened? Do we love them any less? Well, of course not. But we were enamored initially with the experience." I love all of my children with all of my heart. You understand the picture. I'm just giving you an example of how we become enamored with something. And then we. If we're not careful, that can happen in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He draws us to himself. And we fall in love. He does all these amazing, miraculous things in our life. He delivers us from sin, frees us from bondage, transforms our life, begins to work in our life. And we fall in love with him. And we just can't help tell everybody, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Let me tell you, you're not going to believe what I was once bound, but now I'm free. My mind was confused, but now I have peace. I had no direction in life. Now I have direction. My life is getting ordered. God is doing a work in my life. And we tell but over time, we sort of fall back into the mundane. I must remain diligent in relationship with him. I should grow in love in God. And I come to love him not because of what he does for me. But because of who he is. See, our relationship with God has to progress. When I first got married, remember? Are you talking about it? it? was selfish. What can I get out of the relationship? As our relationship grows into love, I don't look at what can I get? What can I get? I have to begin. What can I give? What do I bring into this? What is the value of this relationship to me and to us? I grow in my relationship with God towards what can i get what can i get what can i get lord when are you going to fix this when are you going to do this when he you... no i love him because he first loved me i love him because he first loved me and the more i know him the more i come to love him and adore him he's the dearest friend i've ever known he's closer than any brother i don't know where you are in terms of your intimate personal relationship with god today but he knows He knows. And hear me. There is nothing of God that is keeping you or I from returning to or going deeper in relationship with him the way he wants. There's nothing in God. If there's a hindrance, it's because I've left my first love. This is what Jesus was talking about when he said, repent. Repent. Let my mind be changed. God, I'm putting my focus back in the right perspective. I'm putting things back in the right place. I'm pursuing diligently relationship with you above all else. Not for what I get, but for who you are. You know, I read several passages there from 1 John. If you read 1 John... Those five chapters, he talks about the love of God, loving God, God loving us because we love in him. What I quoted to you, all these things about the love of God, the love of God, the love of God. Do you know how he closes first John five chapters? You know, how he closes it out. I've always thought it seemed a little out of place, but I feel like I got greater understanding as the Lord dealt with me about this. 21st verse of chapter 5, the very last thing John says in that first letter, he says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. That means it is settled. After all the chapters in the declaration on the love of God and relationship and loving your brother and walking in light as he's in the light and fellowship with Jesus. and That's what he, that's all he's writing about for five chapters. He finishes with little children. Keep yourselves from idols. What's he talking about? He's talking about the battle for your love. This competing for the love. He's saying if you open the door. But Ethan talked to us a few months back about the Lord dealing with him about Getting rid of idols. What is it? Idols are things that begin to compete for the love of God in your life. And before you know it, little by little, you open the door. Little by little, you let it in. Little by little, you give affections and desires to it. And before, you know, it's like, I don't know, man. I, I go to church. It just doesn't feel the same to me anymore. I, I just don't know. I don't feel so connected anymore. I feel a little de- What happened? I'll tell you, it happened when the closet of prayer got neglected and the love and relationship with God was no longer nurtured. The fires were no longer stirred and fueled. And little by little, something crept in and battling for the love of God in your life and where you would direct your affections. I love him because he first loved me. Would you talk to the Lord today before we go about the very word that we've heard? Maybe it's an examining of things in my life that have gotten place that I didn't even realize it. Maybe I got enamored with other pursuits. Maybe I got caught up in something different. Maybe I, I, I don't know, you know, between you and the Lord. But I feel the gentle reaching of the Spirit of God admonishing you and I afresh. Hey, hey, remember the first love. Jesus, I love you. I love you more than just words. It is the cry of my heart. I pray any area of my life, Lord, where I've stepped away, any area of my life where I've been lackadaisical, any place where I've been become complacent father i bring it to you i want the relationship with you to prevail above all things i want the depth of relationship with you whereby when i'm in contact with others it comes out it's made manifest the the love of god because of fellowship with you begins to manifest itself to others Lord, I need You and I desire You. I'm human and You know my frame. It's so easy for me to fall into routine if I'm not careful. I don't want that to ever become the case in relationship with You, Jesus. But I want abiding love like You have for me. I want unending love like You have for me. I want to reciprocate the love that You have for me back to You, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Remind me of where you found me. Remind me of what you've done in my life that I could never, ever do on my own. Remind me of the grace shown me by your Spirit. Remind me of your mercies toward me, else I would have been consumed. Remind me, Lord, let me return to the place of relationship with you that is pure and holy and right in every way. Anything I've let in that would hinder or separate, I pray let me cast it aside. I want depth of relationship with you like you desire with me. I want to know you the way you want to be known. I want to abide in you and I want your word to abide in me. Father, I want this relationship to prevail above any and every relationship or area in my life. I love you because you first loved me. I receive of Your Word today. I desire to walk in, to abide in, and to manifest Your love. I can't do that in my own ability or efforts. I can't learn to do that by my intellectualism in any way. I need the fellowship with You, Father. I need fellowship with Your Word and Your Spirit. I pray a fresh love for You, Your Word, Your Spirit. Time in communion with you, a fostering of relationship, to know you, to know the depths of your love, to know you in ways I've not yet known, Father. This is my heart's cry. I love you because you first loved me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for a good job, but I don't want it to take precedence over you. I thank you for being my provider, Lord, but. God, it doesn't matter the bank account. I want you to be the center of all of my life. Uh, I thank you, Lord, for the blessings of the Lord that make rich and add no sorrow. But let me not elevate the blessing above the relationship with you. I need you. I need you. I need you. It is you that I seek. It is you that I long for. It is you that makes life worth living. It is you that is joy and peace and righteousness it is you Jesus it is you I love the blessings I love the favor I love your goodness but father I don't want to love those things more than I love you show me remind me draw me into the place of relationship that puts you above any and everything else in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name